So this week, we're, the carol that we're going to look at is Santa Baby. No, that's not it, right? That would be weird. But we've been looking at some of our favorite Christmas carols, and we're studying the scripture behind them. And last week, we looked at O Holy Night, and we celebrated on that holy night that Jesus broke through a weary world and brought a thrill of hope and a glorious new morning. Sometimes we sing these songs at Christmas time, and they have deep theological roots, but we just sing them kind of absent-mindedly. They give us feelings of nostalgia, but we don't really let them touch us on a spiritual level. A lot of these times, uh, these songs are big, full-on marches. Oh, come all ye faithful. Right? Richmond's did a little bit of uh, understated tone of that, and we got to really focus on the words. And sometimes those big, grand marches can kind of distract us from the theological roots uh, that these songs have. And this so- song is a deep well of theology. It was originally written in Latin and given the title Adeste Fideles. It was written by John Francis Wade in the 18th century. He was a hymnist. Uh, but then it was translated in English in 1841 by a guy named Frederick Oakley. And that's where we get this English version of O Come, All Ye Faithful. It's a carol that has stood the test of time and it's been sung every year for the last 200 years. But see, sometimes in this happy season, we forget that for some, the Christmas season can be a time of depression and anxiety and loneliness. It's winter and it's gloomy and you're stuck inside your house. For many people, it's a time of financial strain. It's the end of the year, and they wish they would have done some things differently, made some choices differently, or maybe they had a setback with their job. It seems like everyone around you maybe is having that perfect season. You see the pictures of the cute little family all dressed in the same pajamas, drinking hot chocolate, and you're like, I don't have that. And here's a little sidebar. They probably don't have that either. You have no idea what... Uh, It took to get the husband into those pajamas and the kids not to spill the hot chocolate all over them, right? And sadly, Christmas can also be a time of grief when we remember the people that are no longer with us, that we have so many wonderful memories with. And so when a carol starts off, O come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant, it might not really connect with us. We feel anything but faithful and joyful and triumphant. Maybe you're worn out with church, you're worn out with Christians, and you're worn out spiritually, and faithful doesn't really fit, but fatigue does. And maybe joy doesn't really fit you right now either. It's more like dread, and you dread the shopping and dread the cooking, and you dread spending time with your mother-in-law and your racist uncle. We all got one. I don't. You do. You guys have one. <laughs> Maybe you feel more defeated today than you feel triumphant, right? You thought you would be further along in your career. You're worried you screwed up your kids. Your marriage is flat and stagnant, and you think to yourself, triumphant, I am not. So this Christmas, am I supposed to come too? I'm not feeling faithful and joyful and triumphant. Should I come behold Christ the Lord? Or should I just push through this Christmas and hope that everything is better this time next year? 
Who does God, who does Christ want to come to him today? Well, he tells us in uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, being faithful and joyful and triumphant isn't a prerequisite for coming to Jesus. Hey, you can be tired today. It's okay. You can be weary and burdened down with the weight of the world. See, you don't have to have faith or joy or victory this morning. And, and to be honest, you can't have any of those things without Jesus. We don't have to have those things alone. And we can't have those things without him. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. See, faith comes from the words of Christ. That's where it comes from. Psalm 1611, the psalmist says, you make known to me the path of life and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. See, joy comes from the presence of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 tells us, Thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Triumph and victory come from the cross of Christ. You don't have to have it all together to come and adore him. The truth is, without Christ, none of us have it together at all. See, faith comes through the words of Christ and joy comes from the presence of Christ and triumph and victory comes through the cross of Christ. If you think you have it all together, the chances are you're tricking yourself this morning. So come to him even if you are fatigued and full of dread and defeated because he won't leave you there. That's not his will for your Christmas season this morning. It's not your cross to bear. Christ bore the cross in your place so that you might experience faith and joy and triumph. Oh, come, let us adore him. See, we come and revisit Bethlehem in December 25th because we have been there before. We've encountered with, uh, we had an encounter with the Emmanuel, God with us, the Savior of the world. We come to adore him because we realize that the manger led to the cross that led to an empty tomb. And because we have put our faith in him, we come back with faith and joy and victory. Knowing what started in Bethlehem, and it's something that has changed us forever. And we come back to remember why we have hope. We come back to get filled up again with faith and joy and victory. Because what happened in Bethlehem changed us forever. Because now we're a follower of Jesus. And maybe you haven't taken that step yet. What better time to come and adore him for the first time and make him your Lord than this Christmas season? What greater time than now to find the gifts of faith and joy and victory? So come to him. He wants to give you what you need. You'll find faith in his words and joy in his presence and triumph through the cross. Hebrews 12, 2. 
tells us to look to Jesus because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the originator of our faith. And if you don't feel like you're very faithful this Christmas, look to Jesus, look to the manger, look to the cross, look to the empty tomb, and let Jesus complete your faith. Maybe this time of year is when you lost someone and and you remember spending a significant portion of your time during the Christmas season in a hospital. It's understandable that that situation would rock you. Jesus cares. Come to him. He wants to be with you right now. Isaiah 43, 2 tells us when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So come near to him. Let him walk with you through the rivers and the fire. And the more that you see that he gives you hope in your trials, that will build your faith. For the first time in 20 years, I skied in 2021 rather than snowboarding. You know why? Because I'm getting old. (laughs) And I get achy. I was tired of sitting down at the top of the lift to put my other binding on and then to try and get back up with both feet attached to a board. And my stomach's kind of in the way now and my back hurts. I've had this snowboard since I was, I don't know, 15 or 16. And uh, that's when I started to because it was a really cool thing to do and I wanted to get the babes. Uh, Tori doesn't ski at all, so it didn't work. Um... But I also now go up the mountain with my kids, right? And they're really good, but it's hard to slow down on a snowboard. You've got to carve and, and, and it burns your calves and your legs, and it's terrible. With pizza, it's just what? French fries, or excuse me, with skiing, I like pizza. <laughs> with skiing, it's just pizza or French fries. That's what you got. You go you know, down the hill. And you do that, and it's not that big of a deal. And snowboarding is way cooler, but I'm too, cool, uh, too old. I'm too cool, too. I'm too old to care anymore. Right? But this is my point, not to show off how awesome I am. My point is this. You have to have a good amount of faith to learn to snowboard. Because it doesn't really make sense to strap your feet to a board and then fly down a hill. Uh, a skis, you might know this, the bindings will break free if you crash. That does not happen on a snowboard. And when you fall on a snowboard, you're either going to fall right on your wrists real hard or on your posterior, and it hurts bad. I still have back problems from when uh, the last ski trip I took with the teenagers down in Georgia. And it gave me sciatic pain and all that kind of stuff. I used to make fun of everybody that was like, oh, my sciatica. And now I've got it. Uh, And it's bad. But it takes a lot of faith to learn how to snowboard. Because what you have to do is it's not leaning left and leaning right. It's leaning forward and it's leaning backwards. With a snowboard, if you want to turn to the left, you have to lean forward like this. This, doesn't, this movement doesn't make any sense that this would be safe. 
And this one's even worse. If you've got to turn to the right, you've got to lean backwards. And it's hard. It takes a lot of faith to be able to do that. And you can't be scared and learn how to snowboard. You've got to try and do something that doesn't make sense. That this little metal edge on the side here is going to keep the snow uh, under it. And you're going to be able to push against the snow because of this little metal edge. And you're going to be able to hold up. And when you're learning, you're scared to death. And you bail out all the time. You start to lean and you're like, this isn't going to make any sense. And I'm just going to fall over so I don't get hurt anymore. But if you have faith and you trust your edge, you stay upright. And it's pretty fun. And the more that you trust your edge, the more that you learn uh, all that you can do and you go from the green circles to the blue squares to the black diamond to the slope called death drop. Why? Because you have enough faith to trust the little metal edge on here. And if I lean this certain way, then I'm going to be okay. And the same is true for walking with our God. When we're new in the faith, we bail out on God often. We're scared of where trusting God will take us. And it hurts when we fall. But as we grow, we see that God will bring us through the waters and through the fires, and our faith is strengthened. We see all what God can do, and we go from walking through green pastures to still waters, and then finally to the valley of the shadow of death. And by the time we get there, we have seen God work over and over, and we know that we don't have to fear evil because He is with us. And we'll still fall from time to time. Most of the time when we don't pay attention. Most of the time when we get absent-minded. But he is there to pick us back up. But the problem is a lot of us try to learn how to snowboard halfway down death drop. And we're hurt bad because we didn't have time for our faith to grow. We haven't practiced it in the small things. And our faith isn't strong enough to work through the impossible things. And this morning you might say, okay, that sounds good, but where do I start? What do I do now? I'm in the middle of uh, this big problem, and I didn't put in the work before this to strengthen my faith. What do you do? You come to him. Come and adore him. And let him build your faith. Let him show you today in the day-to-day. The small things that he can do. So that when the big stuff comes back around, you're ready. See, faith comes through the words of Christ. And the same comes for joy. Joy comes from Jesus. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy doesn't come from everything going right and nothing going wrong. Joy comes from Jesus. It tells us in Luke 2, 8, the Christmas story, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Joy comes from Jesus. He brings joy for all people. It's a supernatural gift. And it comes from building your life on Christ. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. So the funny thing about these fruits of the Spirit is we look at this list, right, of 
of love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and we try and check off all those boxes. We try to force ourselves to look like these things. But an apple tree doesn't have to force itself to produce apples. It's simply a sign of health and growth. And the fruits of the spirits are not things that we should force our body to do. They come from walking with Jesus and growing with Jesus, having a healthy relationship with Jesus, and you will produce the fruits of the Spirit, and you will begin to look more and more like Him. Do you ever have a friend, uh, maybe when you were younger, uh, in your life that was just, they were bigger than you, right? For me, that was everybody. I've been short my whole life. I didn't just turn this way. Uh, Also, you know, early in my teen years, I was real skinny, too. That's hard to believe. But I had a friend named Doug growing up, and he wasn't super tall, but he was built like a linebacker. His fists were big, his head was big, his broad shoulders. Whenever I was with Doug, I felt like I could take on anyone because he had my back. And I would often pick fights that he would end up finishing. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 9 tells us that there is a coming Savior who is going to be quite a bit bigger than, and stronger than Doug. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He'll never be defeated. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this forth on forevermore. King Jesus is coming back and he is mighty and the government shall rest upon his shoulders and he will sit on a throne forever and ever. He is triumphant. And, and our God is bigger than the biggest duck. And we, he, he is all-powerful. And we can have that same confidence that the victory is already won. Not because of you, but because of the triumph that is found in the cross. And that should give you the assurance today that you can take on anything because he has your back. That little baby in the manger is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is the one that brought you good news of great joy. He's the author and the protector of our faith. And he is the victor. He is the king to the end. Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. Not because of you. Not because you are faithful, joyful, and triumphant. But because he is faithful, joyful, and triumphant. All these things are found in Christ. So no matter if you're fatigued and you're full of dread and you're defeated this Christmas, no matter where you are at, come to Him. Faith comes through the words of Jesus. Joy comes through the presence of Jesus. And triumph comes through the victory of the cross. If you haven't yet come and knelt at the manger and put your faith in the cross and follow Jesus, do it today, once and for all. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. The band's going to come.
Sometimes we can get a little disillusioned during the Christmas season. You often feel, uh, hear people say things like, well, I'm just not feeling Christmassy yet, or I'm not feeling joyful yet. And many of the times it's because we've got these burdens on our shoulders. And it's okay to not be there yet. It's okay to not feel the excitement of the lights and all that kind of thing. But let that longing in you call you to Jesus Christ today. He is where you find the faith that you need. Christ is where you'll find the joy that you seek. And through the victory of the cross is where we get our triumph from. And we can have confidence and we can have a boldness because of who Christ is. Let's take a minute right now and search our heart for any of that doubt or dread, or the feelings of defeat. Let's hand them over to Christ. Maybe you've got some type of sin in your life that's leaving you feeling empty. Just hand it over to Him. Come to Him, no matter where you're at. All those that are weary and heavy laden, and in Him you will find rest. you continue to search your heart, maybe I can talk to that one or two in the room that have not yet put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their only means of salvation. Yes, he was born in a manger as a baby, but Jesus lived a perfect and a holy life, God in the flesh. And an innocent person laid down his life on the cross for all of us guilty people. Jesus paid the price for your sin, and that's important because sin is a big deal. Sin is a rejection of God and his authority. Every lie we tell, every wicked thought that we've had, every time that we've hurt the people around us, disobeying God and that's a big deal because that causes separation and breaks relationships not just the relationships around us but the relationship with the one that made us and that was a problem because that's eternal separation from God in a place called hell but God made a way and his name is Jesus and you can call out to him right now It's not a magic prayer. It's not a, a poem or a pledge of allegiance. It's a turning around away from your sin called repentance. Putting all your faith in what Jesus did on the cross. No amount of your good works or church membership or baptism or anything like that. But only what Jesus did on the cross. You can call out to him right now and accept the greatest gift of the Christmas season. 
Just ask for his forgiveness. Ask for him to save you from your sin. Let him know that you want to follow him with your life. As we continue in this attitude of prayer, we're going to sing once again. Let's continue to come to Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's sing.